0: Hello and welcome to episode 1042 of the Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, April 19th. I'm your host, Paul Spor, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, there are no birds here. How are you doing?
1: Uh, I had some suggestions uh, this week on what animals I should send
0: you. Um, I hope otter was included because those Ooh, little that would, those little dweebs would scurry around. They'd have me. They'd have my. Is there a lot of children. water
1: in Texas for them to play with, or no?
0: But. We have a wonderful bathtub that they would excel in. It's a big, you know, spa-looking type of deal. And uh, the Otter channel that that Jen and I watch on YouTube, they have an outdoor pool for them, but they got the indoor as well for when the weather's bad because you got to have water on hand. As much as we love otters, we can never have one. The maintenance is through the roof. But if you wanted to send me two to chase around, yeah, barefoot with my 20 agility.
1: The most requested was Scorpion.
0: (laughs) Okay, thanks, jerks. Yeah. You want me to get smoked by some scorpions? <laughs> oh man!
1: Well, I felt like it should be something faster. I mean, they, I don't know how fast scorpions they want me are. To get hurt. You're looking
0: for just hygiene. I'm looking for comedy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Benny Hill music of me running around on something I just can't catch.
1: It's not going to be as fun if you're, like, keeled over, like, convulsing. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's um, it's much more fun if you're being chased by something or doing the chasing. I agree. Um, So I was was leaning more towards squirrels.
0: Yeah, Um, that's, yep, I think that's a good one as well. Yeah. I think you're on the right track. Uh, I don't think we're going to have any animals to chase this episode, but that might be our most unfortunate episode. Yeah, that was uh, if,
1: if tweets are any indication. Yeah, then. Yeah. Uh, and if you have not listened to last you missed, episode, you need to go back and, and go, go listen. You, just you,
0: just you really just go to them. about
1: minute five or six and, 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 and enjoy like 10 minutes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fr- Friday's episode was was a smash. I will say, by the way, just to uh, close a loop on something from Friday, we actually opened—not not the funny part of it—we actually opened talking about that uh, that Jonathan India hamstring, and he has not returned.
1: Yeah, so, but they, they haven't placed him on the IL. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yet either. So it's kind of frustrating. Um, I wonder, you know, too late now for for people to decide. But I like, would you have played him? Do you, did you not I, did not, anywhere? I did
1: not play him in the one league I have him in. Okay. Um, I, don't I just made anywhere. the decision to skip it uh, and not take a zero. It was a DC, so I had lots of options and stuff. Okay,
0: but, that makes sense. Um,
1: yeah, I, there were some tough lineup decisions this week. You know, I mean, a lot of COVID IL guys. Yes. And, um, you know, we know that... Uh, they they can come back at any minute now. Like, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's not. It's
0: not X number of days. So like, I'll
1: ask you. I, I had a choice between Lou Trevino got thrown on the COVID aisle yesterday yeah. along with five other uh, Oakland Athletics or Kyle Gibson in Colorado.
0: Oh, geez, dude. If for my main event. I think I'd have taken the shot on uh, on Trevino there. Then that's
1: what I ended up doing. Um, if Kyle Gibson goes out and just balls, um, I'm gonna. And in one DC, I, I went the opposite direction, uh, no. but uh, just we're, so I could play both we're, sides. But we're to
0: talk about a little something about course here, because I feel like I, I got I got to get your read here. Now I understand that for the most part, it's probably just situational. But the other day we had a discussion about our likelihood of starting guys and how I'm more open, like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. more liberal with the starts early on, thinking that if my breakouts hit the way I believe, that I'm getting good outings anyway, but I am taking some risk. Whereas you're tight, you're tightening it up a little bit more. And I will admit that this is not like a breakout up and comer, but I was surprised to hear you say on the pitcher list pod that you started Aaron Nola and Coors. That doesn't seem very conservative. It worked. <laughs>
1: It did work. Um, It was – I did not have a lot of options. Um, Okay,
0: because I I expected – because I started him in a league, and I expected to come on, and I was going to ask you. So this question was already answered. I was like, oh, wow, they're reading my mind. Because I was going to say, do you have NOLA anywhere? Because I started him. Did you? So I found out that you did. And, again, I'm not pressing too hard here. It's a little bit more tongue-in-cheek because – I mean, I guess I did have other options. Uh, Let's let's, let's hear them. uh, Patrick Sandoval at Houston. Okay, I would have definitely done that over. Um, and Descafani
1: at New York.
0: See, so I that. didn't. I didn't have those kind of options. I, I I'd um, have both of those in a millisecond.
1: I mean, here's the thing about Coors. Like, yes, it's not a great place to pitch, no matter what time of year. But the only decent time to pitch is there now. is is now.
0: Once a um, when it's cold too.
1: And I just have a really hard time sitting my second round pick. Um, okay, well that that his, gives me
0: an idea of where you're. Where, the conservatism that you're living in. It's not as tight as maybe I thought then. I
1: it thought was we definitely... Narrow band. No, I mean, it, you know, you kind of pick and choose your spots. Sure. Um, and it definitely was a consideration. It wasn't like an insta-start. Like, okay. I, you know, especially coming off of, you know, the late struggles in, this, in his first outing. Mm-hmm. Though it, it was late struggles, right? Like, if they had pulled him, like, you know... The third. Uh, yeah, well, no, I mean he was pitching well through, I think the fifth and yep. then they left him out there for the six and he got, you know, gave up a three run run. So mm-hmm. um, they just not let him
0: go. In Aaron the we're talking about this, and, Yeah. Uh, yeah. That first start against Oakland. And then the second start was really rough. That was the one against mm-hmm. the Mets, three and a third, three hits, three walks, three runs, five, five punches, but then goes out to course five and two thir- or five and a third, two runs, four strikeouts, six hits. Still not great, but, took advantage of the Coors weather, took a shot. I took the gamble as well. You if know what he not, is
1: sporting right now It's like a 63% ground ball percentage.
0: That's pretty good. So I guess let's put bow on it then. Where are you on Nola right now? You obviously started him in Coors on a tough decision. How do you feel after three starts? Are we doing more of the same this year? Because he has a 552 ERA, but a 287 Sierra. Um, now a 2.5 homer per nine is not the defense's fault. But, but where do you come out on things with Nola right now, like your confidence level? You're obviously starting him, but like how good do you feel about him right now?
1: I mean, I feel pretty good. Uh, he's healthy, which is more than can be said about a lot of other guys right now. True. Um, True. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely worried about just the Phillies in general. I think it's the defense. I mean, you saw Alec Baum. Oh, uh, you man. know, have that just brutal game and then you know, wish uh, Respect upon to the him star and, that
0: and be the fans, of- though, I thought that yes. was perfect and way for an of- oh.
1: amazing t shirt, <laughs>
0: but that's always uh, right. That's yeah, never not promoting um, RotoWare's brilliance over there, but they had the shirt right away. But if you didn't see that on Boom, you know, he had the three-air a day, he gets caught mouthing. I effing hate this place. And instead of doing some tiptoeing bullshit, he, he just owned said, it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said it. Yeah, my emotions got the best of me. I equated it. If you if you play video games, perfect, perfect way to equate it is you're playing the game and you just scream. I F and hate this game like yeah. 20 times a night on a bad night, but you don't hate the game. You can't wait to play it the next day. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of vibe where you just say it. Thankfully, the Philly fans took that at face value because it was the truth we say stuff like that in the heat of the moment. They gave him a great standing. Oh, yeah. When
1: he I mean, came back. that probably endears him exactly. to them more exactly. than like some guy sucking up to. I completely Philly's agree. Nation because I, yeah, Phil, I mean, Philadelphia is a fantastic city. I love uh, that place. I almost uh, moved there.
0: I had a buddy yeah. who lived there. I was, I was dealing cards and didn't really have anything locked and loaded here in Texas. And, uh, i tell you the one reason, the reason that would be obvious for people who know me, it was the weather. That yeah. Was the weather. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, you would not survive. But I, I visited him in the winter regularly and I still loved it. So, like, it was an it amazing was, city. It was close, even with the weather, but I was just like, nah. If I was, was ever
1: going to move back east, it'd probably be in Philadelphia. Nah, yeah, I, I, I love like like that Philly. place.
0: I like them. All right. Let's get going. we got some key ads for week two. I just want to talk through a bunch of them. Some of the guys we've talked about, for example, like Paul Blackburn, just going to talk about what I paid for him and see if you got him anywhere. Don't have to do a deep dive on him anymore. So we're going to kind of go through these a little bit quicker, and then we're going to talk about some potential shallow league cuts. You know, 10s and 12s, we've talked about how it's a little bit of a challenge for you and I playing so many deeper leagues that we see these names and we have a hard time pulling the trigger early because cutting guys like this, and when you hear the names, you'll be like, oh, wow, that's tough. It's not even that you're giving up on them as a as a player for the rest of the year, but you gotta have production. And so you gotta cycle guys in. And these might be some tough decisions. So we'll get into those in a moment, but let's talk about the key ads for the week. Um, Taylor Ward was really hot in the fantasy community. A lot of people really jumping in because Joe Madden loves this guy. Now, I believe it was you who talked. To me, told me about the quote about how he's mm-hmm. the starting right fielder. This was when he was still hurt, but that he was the starting right fielder over your boy Marsh and Adele. Like they were going to be platooning once Taylor Ward came back. And Joe Madden kept his word. That happened instantly. He came back this weekend. He batted fourth, dropped a combo meal mm-hmm. over in a steal. Shouts to the 06010. By the way, I respect if other people want to come up with a name. I think promoting just one name for it, though, is better, personally. Like give. Credit I don't, where did you soon? see
1: the list that Sammy Reed came up
0: with? Oh no, I didn't.
1: Oh yeah, the no, Sammy Reed had a list of. Uh, oh, I'd like, like to see that. Ten different. Okay. Um, I'll I'll send it to you, but like it was like. Um, oh god, man. Combo like,
0: meal is legitimately perfect, though. I'm sorry, like we don't have to reinvent the wheel. I do want to see the list, though. But anyway, Taylor Ward opened with a combo meal. Then he batted third on Sunday and then second yesterday. So he is playing every day, two lefties and a righty. He is playing right field every day. Were you in on the Taylor Ward sweepstakes?
1: Um, I was not. uh, I mean, I I wanted to be, but I just could not afford him, apparently. I I did not think he was going to uh, go for as much as he did. I mean, he went for a ton in in our main event.
0: In our main, he went for 180 with a 92 backup to Dalton Del Don, who now has $175 left. Yeah. I really like Taylor Ward. His other big purchase was Josh Lowe. I'm I'm at a loss for words here because I don't want to roast him, but like, do you think this is the right way to go to try to get two big guys that you think are going to be full time starters, but spending. 85% 85 percent of your budget. I mean, or eighty
1: what? Uh, Dome's no, 80, a great player. Percent, I, I've I've played with him for now a few years in in Barf. He uh, he is consistently one of the top teams in that league. Um, however, uh, I think he's going to have some issues because he's pretty much in dollar days for for a yeah. while now. Like he can't spend more than a few bucks um, on players uh, and that's fine. As long as his team stays healthy, if he has any injury issues, he could be in some real trouble. Um, So, uh, I mean, it's, it's a strategy I've seen other people, uh, you know, employ. And sometimes it works out really, really well because you're getting those fab pickups for the whole year. So if you hit on them, if Josh Lowe becomes a beast, if Taylor Ward becomes a beast, um, then, you know, you're getting that production for a full season. Uh, the problem is, I think that he did it at the same position,
0: and it's the low one for me at five fifty-five. Like yeah. I actually don't mind. Like if you really love Taylor Ward, like I, I, I thought I was high at sixty-three. I was like, I want to, I want to try to get him. Um, I wasn't even second. I don't know if I was third either. The runner-up was ninety-two. I had sixty-three, so there could have been people in the middle there. Like that one's okay, but like, what does it take for five fifty-five? from for josh Lowe to like pay off is it 2020 mm-hmm. is it 2020 230 playing all year is that is that paying off
1: i mean it could it like, depends do, on the rest you, of your team makeup but yeah no no, no, no,
0: no. i i think you get got to judge it in a vacuum not in the team context right like do you think that if i told you that that was what you were guaranteed what would you pay for josh Lowe? If you knew that that's 1,000%, well, we were going to get 230 I mean, I'm
1: never going to spend $500 on any player. Okay. It's just never going to happen. Um, I was but that, but that's without, that's
0: without knowing anything. What what if you knew? What if you knew? Would you not push that high?
1: No. It's – you're, you're – I mean, that's the equivalent of saying, like, I know Jacob deGrom is going to be healthy and Jacob deGrom – and in an auction, I'm going to spend 130 dollars on him. Yep. That's not you can't do that. It hamstrings yeah. the rest of your team.
0: Yeah, 555 um, is a lot. Like we, I don't want to get too derailed here because we are supposed to go a little bit quicker through these these names here. But Taylor Ward, he's playing every day. I like him a lot. Um, I had to try to convince Colin. He didn't. He wasn't in, uh, but he went 87 in our league. So I I talked Colin up a few dollars more because he didn't really like him and uh, we we were we were third there as well. So as much as I liked Taylor Ward, uh it seems I my my like was not nearly enough. The, the community was out there uh going ham. I, I didn't have room for him, for him in TGFBI unfortunately and Sammy Reed got him for 24. That's the one area where my, my bids my, my dollars that I was putting out would have gotten him, but because I have Haniger on the COVID IL and Flaherty on the uh, regular, I yeah. I just didn't have a cut that I felt comfortable with. Maybe I should have cut um, Harrison or uh, not Harrison Bader, Mike Mustakis for him, but I just I just didn't do that. But I really do like Taylor Ward. I think there's a lot to like here. He's been excellent in AAA when he's played. He was pretty good last year. I would still be I would be adding him in twelves as well, and I'd consider him in tens with five outfielders. What do you think, Taylor Ward?
1: Yeah. Five, five I. Teams. I, th- I think I would. I mean, if it like you mentioned, I th- it seems like Madden really, really likes him. And the one thing he's not doing, obviously, super small sample, but I mean, this is you look at last what he did last year too in the majors and the minors' Ward, uh, he didn't strike out a ton, which mm-hmm. is not something that Adele and Marsh can say. Correct. Um, so uh, I think Adele, you know, he started to hit. Um, he hit a couple bombs over the weekend. So yep. Maybe that helps his case, but he, I think Adele really has to hit to stay up because his defense is still atrocious.
0: It's it's been rough. Fishboy is nicked right now. It doesn't look like it's going to be long for Trout, but that Mm -hmm. will help keep all three in right now. Ward, Adele, and Marsh, but Marsh and Adele got to be looking over their backs because, uh, to to Madden's word. They they are in a platoon right now. Once Trout comes back, uh, Santiago Espinal was a pretty high pickup. He's playing every day at second base, and uh, this is mostly for main events. So that's fifteen teams. But what do you think about Santiago Espinal? Is, is some some cheap batting average? Is he somebody that that piqued your interest this week?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I put on some kind of cheaper bids on him, especially in places I need a third third baseman. Um, which were a, a number of places, unfortunately, for my teams. Uh, but uh, like I don't think he's anything special, but it's clear the Blue Jays like him and like mm-hmm. him more than Biggio right
0: now. So Good lineup, playing every day, mm-hmm. has some value, right?
1: You know, he's got a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed, which means he could get a crank and gank or a pound and poach
0: or okay. a... Smash and Dash. Smash and Dash is good, too. Yeah, they, they're a, all good. a Pipe and Swipe. Pipe and Swipe. Okay, okay. A, a, a
1: Rake and Snake. Yep. And my personal favorite, a Boink and Yoink. A Boink.
0: <laughs> okay, those are all good. I yes. still think Combo Meal is the best. I, I agree. No I, to reinvent the wheel, but those are good. Those what are
1: happens good. when yeah. you say Combo Meal is in your head, the song goes off.
0: Exactly. And, like, so if you didn't listen to the 06010, the fantasy focus, which is now unfortunately dead, um, that they made it up. And so, all credit mm-hmm. to them. I'm using it, you know, in honor uh, of that. I'm not pretending that we made it up, but I think having a universal name for it mm-hmm. is the right way to go. So, Combo Meal, Sammy, amazing job. Those are all truly yes. fantastic. I'm sticking with Combo Meal, though. Uh, Espinal is a deep league play. I don't really think I can get there in 12s or and especially 10s. No. But I think 15s and deeper, I do like Espinal yeah um, for your third base issues, did you consider Michael Franco? I did. He's also playing every day mm-hmm. with your boy Carter keep him out for the year. Franco has ascended. I've fallen for Franco five trillion times over his career. I actually did not have a need for him this week, so I was bypassing. What's up with Michael Franco and did you land him anywhere?
1: um i I think I landed him in one spot. He was a cheap option and I
0: how is he not 30 yet? how is he only 29
1: it's it's insane right he's been in the league for um,
0: 32 years
1: yeah uh, you know i mean this this was for for those who don't remember i've been playing fancy long enough like this was like the spring hero every year every like, he, year he had like seven home runs in spring yep. and everybody would go crazy and they um this is the year Mike Mustakis was this was Michael Franco before Michael Franco. Mustakis mm-hmm. uh, ended up actually being good at one point, but it took um, a little
0: time, right? Like, and I I don't think it's coming for Michael Franco. He does have three no. twenty homer seasons in his career, but the last one was twenty eighteen. Do you think he can get thirty? Like, can he play all year with the Nats um, and get and get twenty plus?
1: Who else is going to play?
0: Bingo. That's that's I mean what I'm getting at
1: they clearly do not like Luis Garcia. I don't even know that Garcia can even play um, uh, third. Third. I uh, heard I think,
0: that they'd rather have the relief pitcher Luis Garcia playing third than their it's own ridiculous. player.
1: Like, I mean, dude's like 22 years old, and you refuse to play him. I know. Uh, playing Alcides Escobar and McCall Franco over him, um, and Cesar but,
0: Hernandez, who's like not bad. I'm not. I'm not dog. Yeah, I love him, Cesar. Like
1: Cesar's fine, but like but you got why? three older
0: dudes mm-hmm. that are blocking off. Sanchez uh, or Garcia, excuse me. It's he's almost
1: Garcia. if if like the guy who is running the Rockies is now somehow <laughs> running the Nationals. Yep,
0: yep. Um, it is it is some Rockies it, shit. It, it, it's weird. So uh, Franco, but, just a solid fill-in, little little bit of batting average, yeah. a little bit of pop.
1: Yeah, I mean, and right now, um and I mean, you, know, you know, right now he's only striking out twenty-three percent of the time, which is actually a career high for him. I know um, that that should probably come down, but he's hitting 275. There is pop in that bat. It's a good park to play in. And I don't, I mean, unless he gets hurt or they bring someone in, which I just can't imagine. They're going to bring someone in. Like, I think his playing time is pretty safe. Keep Um, I know they, I know they're trying to avoid Tommy John surgery, but it sounds like that's where he's likely headed. And yeah. while that's not devastating, like it is for a pitcher, it would put him out for the rest of the season. Um, so I'm not expecting Kibum to play. I he was already
0: getting TJ, but so they they're doing the that...
1: rest in PRP okay, injections PRP. And, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, in deeper formats, obviously this is just deeper formats uh, yes. for right now. But it's a good park, and I mean, he, you know, he's bouncing kind of the on the bottom half of the lineup, but he's hit fifth a, a few times. Yeah, um, so
0: it's just he's he's fine, and honestly. I've talked about it a bunch. The top half of that lineup is the part that I like, which means if they're on base a bunch, he could be, Michael Franco could be a sneak RBI guy.
1: And in my long like my long-term dynasty league, um, I was looking for a third baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 16-team league, you know, standard roster. So I mean pretty similar to a 15-team league. Yeah. And so what I did was I went to like, you know, the player page over on CBS where it goes to league and just sorted by at bats just to see yeah. Um, and there were, like, six guys that had at-bats at third base. Oh, my God. Like, it was, I was like, like oh. Like six,
0: not six, six considerations six, that you like, liked, six, six guys. Six
1: total guys. Like, um, so, like, yeah, I mean, uh, it's same type of thing uh, if Javi isn't it like the same thing at second base. Uh, it, was yeah. like, it was, like, seven guys. Like, so, like, beggars can't be choosers. If you're in a deep league, you need a third baseman. I, I mean,
0: playing every day. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with the Michael Franco, deeper leagues. Let's go to Josh Naylor. I actually kind of put him in a little bit of the uh, Taylor Ward camp in that I think the team really likes him and he's going to play and it is going to complicate some things. He did play two of the first three games uh, off the IL and th- two of those were against lefties. Uh, he sat the one on Sunday, which was probably just a normal off day. Plus, the fact that it was a lefty made it easy. But he did start against a lefty day one and then against a righty the, the next day. Josh Naylor himself is a lefty. That's why it's uh, important to mention that his first game against a lefty mattered. So they're having like all of the breakouts, right? Steven Guan, mm-hmm. Owen Miller, Oscar Mercado, all on Cleveland, all vying for playing time. I think Naylor complicates things even more. And could really hamper Mercado. I think Owen Miller, I think Naylor and Owen Miller are at the top of that pecking order with Mercado, Bobby Bradley, and even Andres Jimenez against lefties feeling the brunt there. How do you feel about Josh Naylor coming back from that broken leg? He's a player I really, really like. I was after him this weekend, too, and I got him in a a few spots. Yeah, I want to say
1: Shelly and I got him in the tag team league.
0: Um, I got him in our main, 37 to 11. So, I've over, you know, I put in, and I knew I was going to be aggressive. I figured I would win it by a little bit, but I wanted to make sure that nobody yeah. else was, was getting him. I really I Taylor. like chocolate.
1: I like Nero Miller a lot, um, especially when you keep knives out of the dugout. Um, Correct. Yeah, for those that don't know, he stabbed a teammate on a, during a break. Um, the Same other prank guy did bro. not. Yeah, I did not think it was a prank. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's got some contact ability. We know he's got power in the bat. In uh, you know, sometimes you like to pick up guys that you just want to root for. And exactly. coming off of that devastating leg injury last year, um, uh, like, you know, he was starting to, like, heat up and I really cement playing time. Um, there's plenty of opportunity for him in Cleveland. It's weird, like... But, you know, a few weeks ago, we were like, oh, you know, of course, Quan or Zimmer is going to play because there's nobody in this outfield. And all of a sudden, now we got to figure out where Mercado is going to play after
0: he's had two big home runs. Um, I know. Like it's the the crunch is nuts. mm -hmm. And like I said, I think the sneak hit is uh, if you're an Andres Jimenez believer, and I know you've been a big fan, I think he's done against lefties right now. Until things settle, Miller's taking that lefty position. And then Naylor's, even though he's a lefty, he's going to play first.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Bradley sits, and then Mercado gets in the outfield that way. So I think that's what we're looking at right now. Mercado only has Uh, the homers. mm -hmm. He has six hits total. Three of them are homers, 188 average, but a 150 Babbitt. So we'll see. But he seems to be selling. I wouldn't be surprised
1: to see Naylor sit more against lefties, especially early on. Uh, you yeah, know, I mean, he did miss a long period of time because of that leg issue. So, for I mean, who, though? Um, For, for Mikado and, and Jimenez staying in. Um, now, I think that Jimenez... Jimenez is
0: he, sat against every lefty. I, I don't see he, it. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. They had three lefties in the last four games. He sat against all of them. I think they're straight platoon. And that's then Miller, Miller jumps to second. And then against a the righty, Miller goes back to first. Naylor goes to the outfield. So it's going to be tough. It's something to keep an eye on. I'm not trying to dismiss you out of hand. I'm just saying the early pattern is that Jimenez, he You might be right. I mean, if that's the early platoon, pattern,
1: then yeah, that's that's brutal. I don't know if Jimenez in a lot of spots is here. But um, that was mostly like because I just missed out. There's always somebody in my league that was a little bit higher on him than I was. So. Yeah.
0: I was afraid that I doomed myself with my uh, Paul Blackburn tweet on Saturday night after another good outing this time in Toronto. And so I went I went pretty high. I, I kind of psyched myself into like, well, you know what what if people try to push me up because I put you know I put that tweet out or whatever. so I, pardon me, I ended up overpaying in our main by a decent bit eighty six to thirteen. I don't regret it. I really like what we're seeing here. I don't know if it's real. I, I fully grant that. It's two starts, but the velos up cutter uh curveball and change up usage both up 10 points he's attacking more set 71 first pitch strike rate is up 16 points he's doubled his swinging strike rate he gets baltimore uh then he has to go to san francisco in a five game week the week after that don't love that but i said buy in 12s and 15s and i'm watch listing paul blackburn in tens so i put my money where my mouth is i went out and bought him um and colin and i wanted him too. we put up 88 he went for 131 in our. Main.
1: Yeah. There were some leagues where he went very aggressive. Teams were very aggressive on him. That's why I didn't where... regret
0: my bid in our main because I was like, in a lot of leagues, I wouldn't have yeah. even won
1: him. Uh, Doesn't make you feel any better that I was the backup it.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I only put $13. But as you can see, if you scroll down, I got Dalton Jeffries for $13 because I just put all my. Those were your 13. Yeah. T- yeah, I did, did $13. Did you um, put Irvin on, at
0: thirteen just to complete the A's. I, trio? I believe
1: I did, yeah. So that's how. Um, yeah, um, I was not. Uh, I was not the backup bid on, on Irvin, uh, but yeah, I think Blackburn looks legitimate. I mean, I don't know how long it sticks around for. It seems like he made real changes, and they're sticking. But yeah, um, if he turns back into a pumpkin, I'm not going to be surprised either. Exactly, um,
0: and I grant that, uh, and that's why like. I couldn't get to triple digits, but I mean, you know, 86 bucks is still a pretty decent investment, but it's saying, yeah. Hey, I like him. I believe. So it's I went still, and- still
1: almost 10% of your fathom. I mean, exactly. You
0: know, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what about Josh Stomont? We've been seeing an interesting pattern with uh, the Scott Barlow usage. I think we've talked about it a couple of times about how he's coming in the eighth, but in those situations, it wasn't necessarily uh, a safe situation yet. And I think one of his, saves is a two inning oh no he doesn't have a save yet oh wow he got a win that's right that's right it was a win on uh the opening Mm -hmm. day one right that's right that's right that's right so he's coming in the eighth or earlier three of his four games scott barlow has meanwhile josh Stomont. people saying well is he the guy then he got it he has their only save so far so people were going for him this week he's pitched seventh ninth seventh and eighth eighth and then ninth so far and he got the save on uh, saturday for josh stomont were you in on josh stomont bidding and do you believe that he is the primary guy right now i, I think was a set guy
1: yeah um i don't think there is a guy in kansas city uh and i think they i think Matheny has been pretty upfront about that, that there really isn't a guy um that uh you know this week it might be stomont next week it might be brents uh it's gonna be
0: it could be garrett too like yeah there's three lefties coming up or two out of three something like that
1: so uh i uh he he didn't even factor i I was looking for saves on a number of leagues and he didn't even flat factor into the equation uh, really um if
0: you if you think he's can get saves
1: because I don't want one third of the saves in Kansas city. I'd rather take the gamble that I'm getting hundred percent of the saves somewhere else,
0: which um, you did with uh, a name that I didn't originally include, but I, I will here. I'm going to add it right now. Yeah. That's a Robles. I think he's actually kind of the guy. And again, I think
1: he is too. It um, could be a lefty
0: situation that Deekman comes in, but I don't think Deekman cares about closing. So he's certainly not going to be like advocating for himself which doesn't always work by the way, but I'm just saying like, he's not saying, give me the ball. He's saying, give me the ball whenever. And that yeah. makes life easier. If you do have somebody who's a little bit sore about not getting the ninth, they could complicate it. Even though managers don't you know, go off of that too much, but you don't want to create any tensions. Deepman does not care when he pitches. Hansel Robles has their most recent save. So you went after him. Do you think he's the guy?
1: I I do um, at least the guy for right now. I, I think they do want to get Barnes back into that role at some point, but Barnes is also garbage, so which is which is a problem. Uh,
0: so uh, he's yeah. struggling really badly so far. Down. He is. nearly two miles an hour, yeah. walking everybody, no swinging strikes. It's so not literally it, zero, but very few.
1: If Barnes gets right, then I think at some point they give it back to Barnes, but. I think right now it's Robles and do I think Boston is a great team? No, but they're a good team and I'd rather have the guy that has the job right now on a good team than a guy who might have the job on a bad team in Kansas city. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I was aggressive on Robles. I mean, he was my most picked up player this week um and i you know i mean i went as high as in 80 something dollars on him in leagues uh and some leagues got him for really cheap like 15 16 bucks um which will be I like i am of... never
0: in those leagues where the, where the guy yeah. that i really want goes cheap you know
1: why am I not in the where taylor Ward way.
0: went for freaking 20 something dollars you know yeah. i mean I, I guess i was in one of them tgfbi but i didn't bid on him so maybe that's just it it's so when i don't bid is when is when they come in cheap um yeah, I hear you on the Robles, love, because I don't think it's really Diekman, uh, As I understand people bidding on Diekman because I think he'll get mm. occasional saves, but I do think Robles has a chance there, to be the guy.
1: There were a couple leagues where I picked up both. Just to um, see? Just to see. And I'm starting Robles this week, and I've got Deekman on my bench, you know, just in case, oh, okay, Deekman comes out and saves, you know, three games this week and, you know, it wasn't a platoon situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Deacon's the guy I've got him too, but um, yeah, for the most part I was prioritizing Robles because it, he is, uh, he's looked good. He's on a good team uh, where he appears to be the front runner and he's done it before, which is he always has. a thing managers like is a guy yep. who's done it before.
0: Yeah, he got 14 saves just last year, and Robos did. So Dude. I understand why people were in on him. You know who the big closer guy was for people, though, even though you didn't agree, and I, I tend to side with you on this as far as the prices that people are paying for Hector Norese. Ryan Presley went on the IL with the leg, uh with the knee that, that he had had surgically repaired recently. And I guess people are maybe reading deeper into that and thinking that it's a big issue, but it seems all the reports suggest that it's going to be more of a short-term situation. So I was surprised by some of the bids we saw on uh, on Norris, who is, is going to be the guy while he's out, but for what, two, three weeks, and you're putting triple digits? That feels aggressive. And I know we are always cautious on timetables. You know, the Jason Colette rule, you know, 2 them mm-hmm. or add, add multiple weeks. We're all about that. Um, but I thought some of the naris bids, he wasn't available in our main together, but some of the other ones I saw, like he went for 127 in Mining Collins with a 127 backup, a legit tie. And I'm just thinking triple digits for naris feels a bit hefty for what could be a two, three week situation. What, what did you think about naris Uh,
1: I will see your 127 and raise you a 201 in my TG FBI. league get a 186 in Barf. Um, yeah, and he went, I think, 54 in, in my other main and in, in 49 in my auction championship. Um, the people got aggressive on him, which I understand because, like, if if Preston is out long term, then Norris becomes a, a really, really attractive. Absolutely. You know, he becomes a G.
0: But all the um, news says that that's not the case. That he's already yes. feeling better. That he can't. He's working. You know, he's going to be back in two weeks. Like, and I don't know.
1: Here's my issue, and this is something, because there were some people in the industry, some really smart people that are way better fantasy players than me uh, in the industry that really talked up Norris coming into the season and were were drafting him in a lot of spots because they thought that Presley might not end up being the closer, um, you know, prior to the extension that Presley got. And my my kind of pushback on that was... uh, Maurice has never really been great. He's As always shown... Yeah, he's always shown flashes, but he's never been the like the guy who can hold down the job and be the guy. It's so, like, why did we think that was going to happen in Houston? Um, 2019 so, like, was pretty
0: good. 28 saves, 293, all right, 102 whip. But, you know, yeah. some ups and downs. Like, that first time he was a closer, he had a 126 whip. I get you. I get you. Um, he's just
1: never been elite, and, like, I just...
0: Presley, trusted, where they just Presley say, was
1: fully trusted go. and elite last year. Um, I agree, and uh, so yeah, I, I I bid on him. I got him in, um, in that dynasty league I was mentioning uh, a minute ago, uh, as hopefully a tradable asset. But I don't know if he's going to be closing long enough to trade. Um, I think if you invested this in him, you have to just hold on to him and hope that. Presley gets re-injured. Um, oh
0: yeah! If you cut Narees in two weeks at a triple after a triple-digit bid, I think you're making a mistake. Yeah, if you bid, if you bid that much on him, you have to be feeling like, okay, I'm going to ride this out for a while to see if this knee becomes a and a consistent issue with Presley, and I might have a closer. I just
1: injury. don't understand it when there were so many other good potential closing options out there.
0: Yep, and all the news said. Yeah. Presley's going to come back quickly. Yeah. So I agree. Uh, What about Johan Duran in Minnesota? I know a lot of people believe that he will eventually be the closer. Right now, he's being used in that setup role, and he looks amazing. He's had a couple times where that second inning, he's given up a couple runs in in Boston specifically. He gave up a couple homers. Uh, One was a pesky pole job that wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't crazy. He still has. 11 strikeouts in his six innings of work and that's what's really drawing people how do you feel about Johan Duron both as a pickup this week and long term do you believe he can be the closer in the future um, the future being this year not uh, not you know a year or two down the line
1: I mean technically he leads the twins and saves right now.
0: Because he has zero and nobody has any. Nobody has any saves. Uh, True. True. So.
1: uh, Jacks
0: also tied for that lead. Yes. Yes. Also,
1: Derek Rodriguez um, (laughs) and Josh Winder. Um, So, uh, yeah, this, I, I think he has amazing skills. And I think if the twins wanted to make him a closer, he would be electric and fantastic in the role. Uh, I don't think the twins are gonna do that though. Like I feel like the Twins, this this has the makings of a committee and if it's not, I think they're gonna give other guys opportunities first, like Tyler Duffy who blew save, Duffy. um, you know, Emilio Pagan who will blow saves. Uh yeah. So I mean at the end of the day, like he could end up being the guy at some point, but I think you're gonna have to wait a while. Um that being said, like, he is a fantastic pitcher to watch he, he um watching him the other day against seattle uh like the seattle announcers were like who the hell is this guy? Yeah, is, is this dude. can they please take him out of the game so we have a chance here it was it was great commentary uh on the oppo- from the opposing announcers Yeah, on, on in. In,
0: in those two innings on that one and that's the thing even if duran isn't closing I think he's got for sure main event viability as a middle reliever. And I think maybe even some 12-teamers, especially with the state of starting pitching right now, I think two innings a couple times a week with multiple strikeouts Mm -hmm. the way he's been doing, uh, like I said, 11 strikeouts in six innings, I think that is valuable enough. To roster in some twelve teamers now, it's going to go to our old adage of maybe he doesn't belong on your roster because your team is is too good. Good for you, but he probably belongs on somebody's roster in a twelve teamer, if not a couple different teams. So I like Yohan. Do Ron? You, you know where I like to buy the height.
1: I like him in daily pickup leagues, um, where you can just leave him in your roster and cycle through like ten teamers or twelve teamers, where you can just cycle through uh, starters. Mm-hmm. Um and just and just you know use him every day, but you know cycle through your starters. Like I, I, I think it's a viable strategy, especially like your head-to-head uh, categories leagues and stuff like that. So and points leagues. Um, well.
0: she drafted Duron with her last pick in the main. Nice. So she, um, so she didn't have to pay for the Fab. That
1: that was smart, um, you know. She, so she you saved her energy care? when she was instead of when she was supposed to be chasing, chasing birds. birds. I was um,
0: chasing those birds. Shut up, Justin. I was kidding <laughs> those birds. If they had come down to the ground, I would have killed them. <laughs> um, all right, next up, Ronzi Contreras. I want to talk about him over mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. He was a chic sleeper pick and not a wide awake. He was actually a legit sleeper pick. Cheap had his believers uh, as a potential starter this year. He's not starting yet. I think for the first, I know we've been trying to will this into existence as a fantasy community for like, what, four or five years now? Ever since Ryan Yarbrough got the 16 wins uh, back in 2018, we've been looking for the next, yeah, Ryan Yarbrough, an actual follower who can pick up a huge amount of wins. I think now we have several contenders for that. We have Mm -hmm. Garrett Whitlock in Boston. We have Spencer Strider in Atlanta. And we have, I mean, even Johan Duran might be close to that guy with his multiple innings, but Ronzi Contreras is another one of those guys who I think is going to be in that three-to-five-inning relief role for a while now, and I know, you know, Pittsburgh's not a great team for wins, but you're in a better position to get wins when you're doing your three-to-five innings in the middle than at the beginning, because if you go fewer than five, obviously you can't even get a win when you start. So how do you feel about Ronzi Contreras being in that middle role there. He did get his first win with a three, one hit innings and five strikeouts against Washington. And that's what kind of brought him back on the radar this week. What do you think of Ronzi Contreras in Pittsburgh?
1: Um, I think he's really, really impressive. And, uh, as long as the walks don't become an issue, mm-hmm. uh, I think he'll be fine. He does not give up home runs and he pitches in PNC, which is a great place to pitch anyways. So I think even if he does walk guys, um, while there'll be the occasional blow up here and there, like I think he'll probably be fine most of the time because he's got great stuff and he doesn't give up the long ball. Um, There's another guy in Pittsburgh doing the same thing very quietly. Uh, And so if Ronzi is already rostered, yeah, Will Crow has been really, really good Yes, um, doing the exact same thing. Um, I kind of like what they're doing in Pittsburgh. They clearly don't have the starters that can go deep into games and they're saying, hey, we're going to take these young guys – we're going to let them stretch out in the bullpen. I think at some point they become full-fledged starters this For year. Sure. Yeah, um, Possibly
0: even this year. I totally agree.
1: Uh, but right now, I, I love that they're giving these guys the opportunity to just be bulk guys in the bullpen. Um, if Contreras is available, even in 10 and 12s, I would be grabbing him because I think there's a ton of upside here. I think um, he's
0: basically like... A lo- like a lot of lower tier starters that you might mm-hmm. be considering anyway. And again, they're in better win positions, Strider, Contreras, and Whitlock doing it as a reliever as opposed to starting and only going three or four innings. So I agree with you. Definitely some consideration. Rank those three, Strider, Whitlock, Contreras.
1: Whitlock, Contreras, Strider.
0: I think I agree because I'm much more confident that Contreras starts at some point this year than I am yes. strider. And mm-hmm. so that's the that's the edge there. Otherwise, on talent, on talent, I can barely split them. I love all three. I think they're yeah. all three badass. So okay. Uh let's move on to Miles Michaelis. He's returning and looking pretty good so far. He's got that amazing defense. He couldn't be better with a better team. Like they've mastered their rotation to fit with this defense with wayno O, Michaelis, Matz, and Hudson. They knew what they were doing. They made such a good such good moves there to build that defense uh, for their staff. How do you feel about Michaelis? Can he get back on track? He had that breakout year in two, 2018. He was okay the following year, like pretty solid 416 ERA, 122 whip. That's kind of what we expected more than the 283 ERA from 2018. But injuries have been the biggest issue since. He missed all of 2020, only 44 and two-thirds last year. But he looks pretty sharp so far this year. Are you in on... Miles Michaelis, and by the way, he's actually not getting the ground balls. Weirdly enough, but I was I do, just about to say this is. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I'm, I'm a little worried about the profile at the moment. It's no, um,
0: a little weird. Uh,
1: my my streaming picks on the write Write-Up have not been great yet, um, and he is my streaming pick. I think for tomorrow. Okay. Is that okay. right? Um. I'll, I'll, and okay. that, looking a little bit under the hood, I'm a little concerned.
0: Yes, yeah, so um, stay at um, Miami.
1: So, uh, it's a good matchup, but, uh, yeah, he's got a 28% ground ball percentage and a 56 fly, 56% fly ball
0: percentage. That is uncharacteristic as heck.
1: Yeah. Especially cause he's still giving up about 88% contact in the zone. Ooh. Um, and work. 90% contact on the ground though. I'm sure those will turn into, you know, either easy fly balls or, or, or cheap grounders. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's good to see him pitching well. I think that defense and the park plays really well. And we are seeing, you know, Jason's been talking a lot about this, uh, like how dead the ball is so yes. far this year. Um, and that some of this, you know, we're seeing an increase in barrels um, and uh, exit velocities be about the same as they were last year, but we're seeing less home runs as a result. Um and so it's we got
0: humidors everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it too.
1: Yeah. So it seems like combination between humidors and just whatever ball they're using this year is, uh, lining up for us to not have as much offense, which, and they'll be, I'm sure will change that at some point because they like offense. Um, and as, as the weather heats up, um, and gets more humid, we'll, we'll see a little bit more offense, but, um, yeah, I, I think you want to be careful of the matchups, and especially if he's pitching in a bad park. But like I said, he pitches in uh, St. Louis, which is a great place to pitch. He's, I think, pitching at Miami in the next start, so yep. uh, which is a great start, place to pitch. 2 start where are they, are they both at home?
0: The 2 start for Michaelis will be Mets and Arizona at home, yes.
1: Yes, um, and even if they were away, those are two good places, pitch as well. So, um, I'm, I'm gonna ride with him for right now. I think, uh, in shallow formats, uh, you know, tens, it's kind of hard because he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. Uh, but uh, I I can understand it. Um, if you want to ride yeah. with it, especially on a decent two start,
0: and if you got if you got crazy K's, and you can afford to uh, to just go mm-hmm. for the ratios for Michaelis, I say go for it that way. Uh, even in the shower formats. What about Brad Keller? Speaking of guys that don't get a ton of strikeouts, but uh, off to a good start, strikeouts might be ticking up as well. I mean, they already are at 22%, but that's only two points off of last year, which was 20%. The real thing, though, is a 12% swinging strike rate, which is easily a career high. He's a career 9% guy, Brad Keller is. So are you buying into some of this early success here? Um, He has four distinct pitches right now because he has two different fastballs, four-seamer and sinker. There's a lot at least in these first two outings from Brad Keller that look pretty sharp and he has increased use of uh, use of his changeup, plus 9 points up to 14%, which is really driving some early success against lefties, 2.06 OPS in 25 plate appearances. I think he's a standard streamer in 10s, but I think he's a team streamer in 12s and 15s. What do you think of Brad Keller's early success?
1: Um, again, another guy giving up a lot of zone contact, 92% zone contact. However, <laughs> yes, and however, though, um, 21% hard hit percentage Ooh,
0: so or it's hard contact
1: high. percentage. So it's a lot right. of weak contact, um, a lot, a lot, a lot, you know, over 20% uh, soft contact and over 50% uh, medium contact. So. Uh, this is why this hasn't translated into bad hit or, you know, home runs or, or bad hits. Like uh, he's only given up three barrels, which is not bad uh, considering, um, you know, the shortened season so far, but um, this definitely has the makings to turn as the weather gets warmer and the balls start flying a little bit more. That's fair. I think, I think he's only a streamer when he's at home or in a good ballpark. Uh, but, the central is a great place to pitch against. So Keller is a, a guy I want to kind of pick and choose my spots with, but I'm, I'm I mean, not standard
0: streamer, right? it. Yeah. That's, that's standard <laughs> stream in there for Brad Keller. And I, again, I think in 12s and 15s, I'd rather not cut him back into the pool, hence the team streamer tag, because if there is some realness here, I'm not getting him back. Or, yeah. or I'm paying a lot more to get him back. So I'm going to keep Brad Keller around right now. Um, even on the starts, I'm not using him and hopefully have the space mm-hmm. to, uh, to reserve him. He gets a trip to Seattle this week and then a trip to the White Sox next week. So, you know, two decent teams, uh, or one really good team in the White Sox. So that, that'll be a big challenge for him. But I do like the start in Seattle this week for Brad Keller. What about Jordan Hicks? Very surprising fifth starter announcement for the Cards. Um, we know the health concerns he's been, um, I think he's, I think he's relieved a couple of times in yeah, a couple of two inning relief appearances so far. Hasn't, they haven't needed the fifth starter just yet. What well, we he was supposed,
1: him? he was supposed to start and then they had the postponement.
0: Oh, that's um, right. That's right. That's and they right. didn't
1: want to like skip him. And so he came in and did a two inning stint, um, right. to make sure he stayed on, on schedule. Um, I like Hicks a lot. However, it's really hard to roster a starter that's only going two innings. Um, this
0: goes back to our point about the Contreras. Like, if he was yeah. in the Contreras Strider role, thumbs he up. Could, I want you could
1: in. legitimately say he is the number one guy if he has that. Absolutely. Group, if if he is if he's a follower, but he's not a follower right now. They are letting him start, um, which makes him kind of unusable. Um, in pretty much every format right now, I because all you can get is blown up. Um, you might get four or five strikeouts in two He's innings, punches, which is
0: but that yeah, totally which it.
1: is great. But the potential downside without the upside of getting a win or a quality start in, in your quality start league. So no one should be playing quality start leagues anymore. That that should just end. Um,
0: they they kind of died before they really took over because yeah. uh, of how few quality starts. If you play both quality start plus wins, I think that. You can do that, but there are sites like
1: fan tracks where you can change the parameters to a quality start.
0: That's pretty cool. I highly recommend like five innings, one or two runs, I think could be considered a quality start.
1: Yeah. So anyway,
0: we can't go too deep on that right now. So Hicks, I agree with you. I wish he was in that role right now. I understand reserving him, though, at least, just to see what's up because the talent is so robust. So if you can afford to kind of hold through this and see what's going on, he gets his first start this week against Miami. Jordan Hicks does on Thursday in Miami, and then that would set up for a two-step next week, Mets and Arizona similar to Michaelis. So hold, but I'm not starting right now because I agree with you that in a starter's role, fewer than five innings is worthless or or pretty worthless unless the ratios are perfect Uh, now this is the moment you've been waiting for i i'm sure you saw this name on the sheet i didn't
1: until just a minute ago and and i started to blush i don't know if you saw like my face getting a little red yeah
0: Uh, your boy man he it's 10 innings but oh my god andrew heaney looks amazing let's go it's so nice when a plan comes together right you think andrew heaney has talent, has been inconsistent as hell, has been injured as hell. Goes to the best team in the universe, right? I know you hate to admit that, but like, as far like your your team would also be a good one to go to too. If, if you yeah. had gone to the Giants, I I, I wanted
1: my team to get him. Yeah. yeah, when like, we signed Alex Cobb, I was like, no, you well, were he supposed he to get dead. Andrew Heaney, or uh, actually, I think he was one, he, he was Heaney he before Cobb. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cobb's working out well too. So exactly. Um, I was I, I was hoping they would get an Andrew Andrew Heaney, uh, but the Dodgers are are the next best option for his yeah. fantasy value. Um, so what we
0: think? He was he was a huge pick for this year's Robbie Ray. I think that was even your pick. Um, it was like, Jason's pick. Oh, Jason's pick. So it made yeah. a lot of sense, right? A veteran who has shown some success, maybe mm-hmm. not the same heights as Ray, but a veteran lefty who's going dirt cheap. That you're like, this guy's not going to be that good. I'm not saying he's going to win the Cy Young. But he looks amazing so far. Forty percent strikeout, eight uh, percent walk rate, twenty-one percent swing strike. I know it's ten innings, but oh my god, that's so spicy. Zero ERA and a point sixty-eight WHIP. Gush a little bit about your boy Andrew Heaney.
1: Um, I, I mean, I, everybody knows if you've been following my work for a really long time, like you know, I've been in on Andrew Heaney. Um. <sighs> You know there there are some concerning parts about. Have you watched the starts yet?
0: I actually haven't. No, so get, go take, watch this part. Run down. Okay. Uh,
1: he's added a new slider, which is amazing. The, it is sweeper, filthy. Right? Yes. Yeah. It is really really good, and I think it's a large part of the reason for his success. But this is not a Robbie Ray breakout um, because he's JJP. not a.
0: Uh, I just want to point out, Jay Jaffe did an article about Heaney Ooh. and the sweeper. So that's on the front page as of yesterday. Check that out, folks. I'm, I'm going
1: to go check that out. I have not read it yet, but, uh, I, you know, I do watch all of his starts because I, I love Andrew Heaney. Um, he still has issues with command in the zone. It, they are okay. apparent. They, they have not been taken advantage of yet. So there are going to be, like, three homer games that come in play. See, if you think this is, like, a full breakout, it's not here. It is not. Okay. And as much as I want it to be here as an Andrew Heaney believer, my honest opinion is there are going to be games where he, his command and his control are inconsistent from start to start. However, I think there are going to be a ton of strikeouts. Um, and I think things will be better than they have. been.
0: But if anyone's going to be, you know, t- for you to be directly honest like that, not just rose colored and be like, oh, this yeah. is the greatest thing ever. I think it actually, you know, I, I appreciate that, that you're not just going to be, let's just be super, uh, you know, over the top about this. By the way, I should have known that uh, covering all these key ads is going to take up our whole hour. We'll do the shallow, shallow cuts. And in fact, it's probably better anyway. We'll get a few more days of data. So we'll do the shallow lead cuts on, on Friday. Uh, our last guy here, Mackenzie Gore, had his debut. And, uh, you know, the big issue was big spring. Oh my God, he's going to make the team. This is awesome. Oh no, they went and got Sean Manaya. There's no room at the end. However, two big injury guys on their team happened to get hurt almost simultaneously with Clev Dog and Snell, uh, Blake Snell and Mike Clevenger get hurt. So it's Mackenzie Gore time. He comes up. Pretty solid debut, all things considered. It's Atlanta. So I'm not I'm not judging him too harshly on the fact that it was like it was fine. Five and two, th- five and a third, three hits, uh, two walks, a homer, two earned, and three strikeouts. Would have liked to see a little bit more of the swing and miss with a seven percent swing and strike rate, but surviving in your day de- in your season debut or MLB debut against the world champs, I'm okay with that from McKenzie Gordon. Mm-hmm. The real question is what kind of time do we have here? That's why I didn't go crazy with my bids because some people did though. I know. And so what, what, what are we doing there? Were you one of the ones who went nuts with your Mackenzie Gorbins?
1: I did not. Cause I, I don't, I, I think Snell's going to be back pretty quick. I think Clevenger is going to be out a while. Um, okay. they, they seem to be taking it really, really slow with him and, and Bob Melvin kind of echo those sentiments. So I think, uh, I think there's a real chance he does stay in the rotation for a while. Maybe they move to like a six man type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, once uh, Snell comes back, but, um, he was really, really impressive in spring and really impressive in his first start there. I want to go back and rewatch this start because, um, some of the things that point out to me that I didn't quite notice maybe in, in the initial start, um, is it like a really poor plan?
0: Um, like his, his game plan or the catcher,
1: the cat, maybe the catcher's game plan. Like, He was not very aggressive in the zone, especially early on in counts. Uh, You know, his first first strike rate was like under 50%. Like, um, he was kind of nibbling a lot. Um, And so I don't know if this was hesitancy on his part or hesitancy on the catcher's part, but Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to see his second start here coming up and kind of what their plan of attack is and if he's able to execute uh, because there's, there's clearly a ton of talent. I mean, this is a former, like, you know,
0: you know, Uber the second
1: prospect. or third prospect of baseball at one point. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. Go- Gore's supposed to be a G. He gets Cincinnati on Wednesday at home, and then next week uh, we don't know because Snow yeah. could be back. And I will say, um, regarding Clevenger, he is on he is on rehab, but I think it could be an extend, like pretty much yeah. take the whole time. He only had two innings the first time. He's going to get another one this week, so he could get four or five starts in that rehab situation. Clevenger could. So with Gore. What I'd pick him up in off go, for okay. He's an off go guy, right. but um, what, what would you do fab wise then in like a 10 or 12 where he's still available?
1: Probably not much, probably not more than five percent of my fab remaining,
0: yeah. And you might not get him, but you have to be comfortable with like, hey, there's gonna be yeah. another guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like gore too, but. You know, I'd rather I'd rather take the discount on Lodolo between the two just because people were probably solid on looked him. a lot better
1: last night. He looked yeah. he
0: looked so much better last night, and people were probably sore on him from that debut. And it's like, and he gets the Dodgers, so they're probably like, Oh god, I don't want him. So if you're in a daily league and Lodolo's available, or San Diego, not not the Dodgers, but against San Diego, I'm like, okay, that's that's a lot more impressive. Yeah. So I love Gore. I re- I'm really excited about his return after last year's yips and, and things not going well. But I think you have to be careful because even if they go to a six man, that could be for Clev and Snell. Yeah. And um if, and there's if, no guarantee they will. Exactly. exactly. I mean, he now. could just
1: be down as soon as Snell's back.
0: Yep. Yep. And he'll be back up at some point. Like it's a long-term thing, but in your shower leagues, you can't be holding Gore. They should just make them log
1: man. They should just do what they're doing with you know, Contreras and Crow and, and, and Strider and exactly. all that and, and keep him because he, he's too good to be in the minors.
0: I agree. I agree with that for sure with Mackenzie Gore. All right. So those are some key ads for the week. Um, tried to cover a decent, uh, those were mostly 15s and 12s, uh, but we're going to talk shallow league folks. We're going to talk potential cuts on Friday. And these are guys that you drafted with some purpose, and you probably don't feel good about it. But I think in those leagues, you have to act quicker. And cutting them isn't necessarily an, an indictment that you hate that guy, but you need production. So we'll get into those on Friday. Justin, I hope you have a good one, and I stayed animal-free here. I do have the two dogs in here, but uh, no wild animals came in. You survived. That. Maybe it's a Friday, a, a Friday tradition. Yeah, Friday tradition. There you we make, go. I'll there make we sure go.
1: the squirrels get there.
0: And hey, our local aquarium does have two otters. So, see if they'll mm-hmm. send them on over. But uh, anyway, RotoWire is going to call soon. Great talking with you. Talk to you in a couple of days.
1: Take it easy.